From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are already having a ton of fun talking about <laughs> this topic today. <laughs> Uh, and I know you will as well with us. So first of all, I need to introduce everybody. I have Emily Armstrong across from me. Hey, everyone. And then Freya is to her left. Hi there. Freya Galindo. And then AJ Fry is to my left. Hey, guys. And if you're keeping score and figuring out where everyone is, congratulations. But to my right is Chelsea Fry. Fun fact. Pigeon poop is the property of the British crown. What? what? Come on. All pigeon poop or just pigeon poop in Great in Britain? Well, Pile. that's can you know. In, in, on, or around Buckingham Palace. <laughs> this right. no. this no. belongs to the <laughs> How dare you! In the 18th century, pigeon poop was used to make gunpowder, so King George I confirmed what? the droppings to be property of the crown. What? Okay. Chalk it up to laws that need to change. Yeah. We should ship all pigeons to Britain. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the country? <laughs> Ship all pigeons. That's that's a hard one to say that, that you don't want Me to mix up. Yes, but please, yeah. I hate pigeons with all my heart. So Emily does Queen, as well. have at them. <laughs> have at them. Well, good. Uh, there's no transition from that. Uh, <laughs> especially since it's another English-speaking country, because today we're going to be speaking mm. about language learning. We have touched on funny stories in the past regarding uh, culture shock and a big part of culture shock is learning the language. But this episode, we're going to really dive in. And so we have a lot of things coming. We have a lot of ways to talk about this. And I hope that we do have some fun stories as well. But first of all, I want to just talk about why language is so important. I mean, a lot of times, especially for an English language podcast, I've heard missionaries that have said, oh, no, in this place where I'm serving, the majority of the people speak English. I mean, I don't really need to learn their language. Or English even is the trade language or the language for teaching in that area. And so, hey, I'm teaching. I'm going to use English. That makes sense. Why is it important in any context to learn the native language or to learn the language of the country where you're sent? I would say that it's important because it is a heart language. Um, there have been a lot of times that I've had the opportunity, even with English speakers in the Dominican Republic, where English in the capital isn't as common as it is in like the touristy areas. And even when I encounter someone that can speak English, if I speak to them in Spanish, it's like a whole world opens up that wasn't accessible before. Maybe that's because maybe they don't have the vocabulary for like emotions or something in English. They've just been taught like business English or um, if they're fluent, it just shows them that I'm trying to bridge that cultural gap. And so it opens up a lot of space in our relationship that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned a couple things there, I think, Uh-oh. that are important. <laughs> um, one is just you're taking the initiative. Um, now, we're speaking as missionaries here, but learning someone else's language really shows the person that you are willing to go to whatever length Mm -hmm. for them to feel at home, Mm -hmm. for them to feel at ease. And that is the essence of what we do as missionaries. We want on their terms, them to understand the gospel. 
So learning the language takes the initiative, shows the initiative. But you also mentioned the heart language idea. Emily, I know that uh, you and I have been formed by Charles Gailey and a lot of his teaching. Why is the heart language so important, that concept? Well, to me, I think one of the biggest reasons why you speak to somebody in their heart language is it's the language that like they don't have to work in. Like it's where their emotions are. It's where they're um, even on a spiritual level. When you start to think of a person as a holistic person, that when you're not battling through a language barrier, you obviously access, you know, even your spirituality a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And I like to think about it in the way of when we first came to Guatemala. I think it was probably like two years before I really enjoyed being a part of a church service again. And I grew up in the church and my family was one of those families of every time the doors of the building were open, we were there, um, loved being a part of corporate worship. And uh, my first two years in Guatemala, it was work to go and be a part of a church service because it was like work to connect with God because I didn't understand the language, because I couldn't sing the songs, because all of those things, because my heart language is English. And so working through those things. And now 15 years later, it's a very different conversation because now Spanish, even though it's not a heart language, it's become a loved language for me. Like I love Spanish and and I can truly connect with God in Spanish. In fact, it's interesting to maybe mm -hmm. talk about it on the opposite way of there's times now where I feel like I connect stronger spiritually with God in Spanish than I do even in English. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting to see how language learning can take you to even a different place on those things. But mm -hmm. that heart language is is the way you connect. I've seen it even in our kids who have grown up in a bilingual atmosphere. Our son was six months old when we first came to Latin American context, and they both speak Spanish and English. They slide in and out of both. Like, And it made me wonder for a long time, will they have a heart language? Is there a language that they prefer or whatever? And I I would say that English is their heart language, but that's because that's what we speak here in the home. Mm -hmm. And so they understand more maybe how to receive love or I don't know, but like because it's come from their parents, they feel like English is their heart language. So I think definitely speaking somebody's language when you don't have to work at it. Language learning is is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And even when you're fluent, it still is it it takes a lot of work. It's it's mind bending how much you how much mental gymnastics you have to do to speak another language. Language. I just had a really good conversation with, we host teams all the time, and our last team that we had is located in Florida, in the mm -hmm. United States, where there are a ton of Spanish speakers. Not even just Spanish speakers, like different cultures mixing together. It's a huge melting pot because of Disney. And we were talking about language learning, mm -hmm. and they were at the beginning of the week this was so cool. At the beginning of the week, we had a cultural training day with them where we took them out into the city and we drop them off in a neighborhood and let them go. And they're all by themselves. We don't send translators. And they came back and they were so frustrated because they couldn't communicate with people and they couldn't talk. And we had debrief that night and we talked about the fact that they were okay with not being able to communicate with their neighbors because they felt like small gestures could build community. Mm. I'm going to challenge them on that. We said, what if your neighbor had a child die? Your small gestures aren't going to mean very much at that point. Mm -hmm. And you can't communicate like empathy. You can't communicate sorrow. You can't communicate um, even just deep 
relationship. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the week, three of them came to me and, and were like, we work in a bilingual environment. We're going to go back and learn Spanish or we're going to go mm-hmm. back and look for classes mm-hmm. on this language. Um, one was Arabic. And so hmm. those aren't, I mean, that's not an easy undertaking. That's not an easy commitment. But, man, do I think that the gospel needs to be translated through our physical vocabulary? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Us taking the time. One of them was a nurse. If she goes back to her hospital Mm -hmm. and she takes the time to even start learning language and her coworker is like, oh, my goodness, you are learning Spanish. That is amazing. How much stronger of a relationship is that going to be? That is so cool. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, missiologist, missionary, also anthropologist, Dr. Charles Gailey, uh, professor of ours. But he has said it's the language of the mother's knee, the language learned at the mother's knee. And when someone is in crisis, they go back to that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, may know, they may know seven languages. You could talk to them in any of those languages. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the language that they just were nurtured, were brought up in. That is the the important one. We've talked a little bit about the importance then of language learning. That's, I think that's a given here. We've talked through that. So let's talk about how that takes place, right? Not necessarily the culture shock aspect, but how does that take place? Anthropologists and linguists tell us that there are four different stages. So I know that you guys already know these stages uh, because Mm -hmm. we, we talk through this with our missionaries. And this is valuable not just for people learning a literal verbal language uh, or written language, but even for someone, you know, going to their community to learn their metaphorical language, right? Mm -hmm. So the first one is to listen. The second one is to speak. The third one is to read. And the fourth one is to write. This is always so surprising to me because this is how we learned. I mean, literally in our first years, you just listen and then you start to repeat. And it's nothing that's intelligible, of course, at first, but it's just baba and dada. And you start to just kind of make the sounds and you speak. The reading and the writing does not come until later. But how do we all learn languages in school? By reading and writing. We then put it up on the board. You read it up there and then you write it. And that's why a lot of us butcher the pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have thoughts on this? I mean, linguists have proven this is the best way. And yet in almost every school that I know, we don't learn that way. Trying to learn a new language, we've tried many different applications and programs and schooling and things. And the one that I keep coming back to is Rosetta Stone because like it, it's, it's an expensive program. And if you, but if you want to learn a language and learn it well, and you don't have the time to like spend in, in a classroom setting, mm-hmm. I highly suggest Rosetta Stone because they use pictures, 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 <laughs> <laughs> pictures, <Yeah. laughs> pictures. And then you listen to someone saying what's on that picture. So you see what's there, but then you listen to what they're saying. And then you can try to repeat that, you know? So, so it goes back to this listening and then speaking instead of like Duolingo is another good one. And it's a, it's a free app, I think still. Mm-hmm. And, still does a lot and that's a good one, right? It does a lot of mm-hmm. writing, a lot of reading and a lot of um, like translating back and forth between English or your primary language and the language you're trying to learn. Yeah. So, I think Rosetta Stone has it down well. And it the one lesson that I took that was free from Rosetta Stone 
was amazing to see like my progress in, in learning the language when I just did it that way instead of yeah. trying to read or write first. And that was in one lesson. In one lesson. Yeah. I'm Rosetta Stone does not support us. They do not. <laughs> but they could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think there's some interesting concepts even thinking through the listening. And one of the things that we've tried to think through because our main assignment, Scott and I here in the region, is to train missionaries. And a lot of the missionaries that we train are coming from a Spanish-speaking country and going to a Spanish-speaking country. And um, so I've had to think a lot about what happened to us in language learning uh, that created us to be missionaries, mm -hmm. right? Like, what did we do? And and I think there's a big piece of humility that's learned when you're language learning. And it comes through a lot of, even as you're talking about Rosetta Stone, um, AJ, because when you start to listen and then you try to speak, like those are the first two ways to, to learn a language well. Mm -hmm. When you take that second step of speaking, like you're just putting yourself out there and you're going to be made fun of. Like that is just the way it happens because you're not going to say it right. I mean, we, we talk about baby talk all the time, you know, I do my little baby, you know, or whatever. And we make fun of babies, you know, even though we don't do it on purpose. But I think there is something about that verbalization of language learning and even like the community aspect of language learning that's so much more healthy than the reading and the writing of it. Like that should be the three and four step. But that the humility is truly the people that I think truly grab language are the ones that aren't afraid to speak it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that can maybe have a language knowledge in their head, but man, it just doesn't fall out of their mouth because they're afraid to make a fool of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get past that afraid to make a fool of myself, like you're never going to learn a language. You just won't. I've told so many people don't be afraid to have people laugh at you. Just know people are going to laugh at you. And then when they don't, you'll start to one day hear the, I didn't know that was you that answered the phone, you know, yeah. and you'll be like, yay! Like, those are the <laughs> most exciting times when it's like, well, you could just even get an hola out, you know, and people are like, is Emily there? This is Emily! <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. I think some of those things are that that verbal side of language is so important. It can't just stay in the reading and, and writing. Yeah, um, there was a an article that we read in preparation for uh, this episode that just talks about how to stay motivated in language learning. Now, I would say, <laughs> I mean, how do you learn a language? Number one is just persevere. And like mm -hmm. you said, be willing to make a fool of yourself. And mm -hmm. we will share a few of those stories probably uh, later. But kind of on, on, on a more spiritual line of thinking, uh, Joey Shaw is the author of this article, very brief article, and we'll put a link in the show notes. But he offers four, again, maybe more spiritual pieces of advice for us. Would you like, would anyone like to highlight a few of those? Well, uh, to me, it was interesting to read the third one. It says, evaluate your motives. And I think if we anal analyze our true motives uh, for learning another language, can, uh, we can be true to ourselves and we can learn a lot from the process, you know, from the process of learning, even though we don't speak with excellence, like in my case, because <laughs> English is not my first language, as you can tell from the really? other history no. episodes. <laughs> um, but we can end up like pushing ourselves and to another level yes. and it can help us like and on a personal level but on our on 
on a spiritual level too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah, you can say, I really care that the world knows about Christ. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, show it in language learning. Mm-hmm. That sounds strong. I mean, maybe maybe you guys would push against that. But, no, but- some people that just give up after a couple months, I, I, I'm, I'm like, so did you really mean it? What was your motive? Mm-hmm. Now that it's not easy, are you still going to go forward mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. When I think some of that, like, hot button issue, you know, kind of thing. And and Scott and I have always said that, like, we have super hardcore missiology. Like, we know that as missionaries, we, we are very, very uh, hardcore in some of the things. But we've had a very strict policy in the years that we've been serving the church that, like, we would always congregate with a church that speaks the language of the country that we're serving. And even our kids, we have always sought to put them in a school where they're speaking the language of the people of the country that we're serving. And um, I hear a lot of families that even struggle with some of those decisions as missionaries of like, well, we don't really understand. And so we're going to go to the English speaking service or congregation. And and like sometimes I feel like, well, are you ever going to understand right. it? Like you're yeah. never going to learn the music right. if you're right. never involved in Spanish music. And you're never going to learn theological terms in Spanish if you're not hearing them mm. being spoken from the pulpit and like where else are you getting that environment if you're not going to get it inside what we would consider to be church community so i think even in language learning like we need to be careful about some of the decisions that we're making for our lives for our marriage for our families even though we're like want the best there are language learning issues as well in in how we deal with some of those decisions i'm gonna use your word intentional yeah you have to be intentional that's right that's right yeah we i i've heard people say well, when we were missionaries, we would um, every so often go to the English-speaking service because we just didn't connect in the Spanish-speaking room. And that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. God is God no matter what language you're speaking. So, mm-hmm. like, your connection with God shouldn't yeah. be dependent on the language that's being spoken by the congregation, mm-hmm. right? Like, that mm-hmm. shouldn't pull you away from God. But also, like... My church Spanish is so much better than my street mm. Spanish. Like, mm. because mm. I I hear it. That's where I learn language learning. Mm. Yeah. The, at this point that I'm not in a classroom and then I'm, I spend most of my time in an office where I speak English. So I learn Spanish when I'm with my church family. Mm. And that is pretty cool. Yeah. And they, they totally still make fun it. of me. <laughs> they love it. They love when I try. They love making fun of me. And I just laugh with them because yeah. I know that I sound ridiculous and it's okay. Well, Emily, you had said even two years of not quite feeling mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. in a church service. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we shed tears over that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but had we not kept going, had we not said we will continue to do this, we would not be where we are today and just loving to be almost like wishing when we're in English speaking yeah. context to be like, oh, man, we, we really miss the Spanish. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it, it really required those first two years of, yeah. OK, uh, it's another Sunday. It's another midweek. Mm-hmm. We're going to go again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tough, but I'll learn a little bit more this time, mm-hmm. you know. And so our- <laughs> please tell me you're going to share your uh, story about the first time you were asked to pray for a baby dedication. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I can do that. 
I can yes, do that. Yes. Um, yeah, I think we should transition. I had so much more for this episode. But, but maybe like, part two. Maybe we need a part two. Maybe we do. When we talk yeah. about humility, we have examples. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot. Exactly. So that's a great story, Emily. I think I should share it. And I'm also looking over here at the computer that AJ is looking at as well. And I think we need to leave that for another episode. How's that for a teaser, right? Oh, Either people are going to be really mad at us yeah. or really excited <laughs> or I'm not sure. Um, but I think we do need to bring this one to a close. The good thing is I know that we will have really a whole lot more for another episode. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yes. Is that, yes. Is that fine? So we'll have lots of stories in the next episode that, to come. And uh, and we'll also finish, I think we only touched on one of these, how to stay motivated, you know? And some of, <laughs> some of you people... I can't are, stay motivated with just one point. <laughs> yeah, with just one point. Yeah. I need at least four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we will uh, talk more about this topic uh, in two weeks. But uh, yeah, if they want to continue the, the conversation for the meantime, in these next couple weeks and maybe even scold us for not actually getting to the fun stories. Um, (laughs) Emily, where can they hit us up? We are on Facebook at Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find us on mesoamericagenesis.org under the podcast tab. Awesome. Well, we are the Worthless Servants and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Freya Galindo. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time with lots of new stories. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.